Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 288. And today is a very, very, very special podcast because it is the first reading of my book, The Tale of the Park Hill Crew, volume one of the trilogy. And it was written by your very own Alicia Shanice Burns. The description reads in the back, introducing author Alicia Shanice Burns, host of the Alicia Shanice Reviews podcast. And it reads, everyone knows the history of the drug epidemic in the 80s and its effects on the inner city communities. Tale of the Park Hill Crew is a fictional tale of the generation after and the destruction left behind. Following a young shot, Kim Jones, whose whose young life takes a dramatic turn after he witnesses a double tragedy. The story centers around Shaquem, his cousin Damien, and longtime girlfriend Carmen, along with the rest of their crew, growing up in the mean streets of Detroit, with trials of survival, struggles, hustling, drug addiction, crime, hip-hop, and young love. Volume 1 and Volume 2 will be released shortly. So y'all already knew y'all already know how we do. We're gonna get into it, break it down, dissect it like we do over here on this platform. If you guys need to get in touch with me for anything, my Facebook is Alicia Shanice, Instagram is Alicia Shanice Reviews, email is Alicia Shanice Reviews13 at gmail.com. You can inbox. DM or email me if you have any recap requests with that being a TV show, movie, or docu-series. Or if you have any businesses or brands or any music that you're working on that you need for me to shout out or promote free of charge. You guys know me. I love whom loves me and I love to spread love back, especially to those who support me. So hit me up and let me know what you need. And if you listen to the podcast on Spotify, can you please hit that follow button? It helps your girl out in tremendous ways. And while you're on Spotify, check out my music playlist. All you got to do is type in Shanice Love one of the playlists will populate click on the picture profile it takes you to the rest of them and i have every genre because your girl got some long range music ears so we're about to get into it guys and you if you are one of my day one listeners you know how important this episode is to me because since episode one since i started this platform i have been telling you guys i started writing my book And I have been talking to you guys throughout the process, the highs and the lows and the setbacks. And it's finally here. It has been out um, for one month today. So if you need to get the book, it is on Amazon. The link is in the description box. If you click on it, it takes you directly to order it. If you get the ebook, it's downloaded instantly. If you get the paperback form, it will be shipped to you directly from Amazon. So You guys can tune in each week as we go through chapter by chapter and go on a journey and I deep dive after each episode. I mean, you know, after we get done reading it and talk about, you know, some of my favorite characters or what I was listening to when, you know, when I was writing, because everybody knows who, who listens that I write to music and 
you know, what I was feeling. Um, I'm going to really take it there. So I hope you guys are here to stay and check out the book and see what it does. And I want your feedback and know what you're feeling, know who your favorite characters is, know who you hate, who you don't like, who you love. I want, I just want all the feedback. This, when I say I put my heart, spirit, and soul into writing this, I put my heart, spirit, and soul. I fell in love with these characters, so I can't wait to share it with you guys. So today we will be covering um, the first um, 21 pages, and we'll read up to page 21 where that chapter is forming the bond. So we'll read um, Tale of the Park Hill Crew and then 1998, and then uh, we'll pick back up next week. So on that note, Let's get into the show and let's talk to Tell of the Park Hill Crew, Volume 1. One mic. All I need is one mic. That's all I need. All I need is one mic. All I need, niggas. All I need is one mic. Hey y'all, it's your girl Shanice and I'm just coming in and check in with y'all to remind y'all to protect y'all energy as I always say. Life is at, you know, we have very different stresses at all time high. Why not go ahead and take you guys a nice vacation at a reasonable price with a trusted travel agent, you know? And that could be a solo trip, a trip with your boo thing, a family trip, a girl's trip, a guy's trip, whatever. Just let me let y'all know this right now. Visit T Booked It. T B B O O K E D I T. Follow them on Instagram on Instagram. Or you can send them an email at tbbookedit at gmail.com. The world is a beautiful place. Let them go ahead and help you discover it. Go ahead and release those stress vibes and go ahead and enjoy your vacation. At TB Booked It, they got all the reasonable deals. And just let them know, your girl Shanice, she sent you there. Like the streets at all On top of that, don't make it better that his daddy died Not natural causes, young and pops committed suicide Trying to get that monkey off your back, it's like a do or die they Say when it's your time, then it's your time, guess it was time for Carl Terry a good mom, but losing kids is hard to cope with Husband gone, son's in the street, no she don't want this Aside the others, out of three kids, so now he run shit Cause dude's been doing crack, dealing with all these tragic moments 1994 came up in Detroit, a real D-boy Trying to teach his little brother to be the one and not the decoy But got his little cousin out here trapping all in the streets Story of the Jones, we broke on Ted the 
investors keep the beat going. Tales of the Park Hill Coffee. All right, y'all. Let's get into it. About the author, Alicia Shanice Burns, host of the Alicia Shanice Reviews podcast. This book was inspired from the spirit of depression. While looking for the purpose of my life, it was like God spoke to me saying, you have all these stories in your head, bring them to reality. So I decided to bring my dream to life and write this tale. Volume two will be released shortly for the continuance. Writing this book has brought a sense of purpose to my life, which was started in the year of 2020. Hindsight, 2020 vision. This is the fiction tale of the tale of the Park Hill crew. <clears throat> my dedication page. This book is dedicated to the three most important women in my life. My grandmother, mother, and daughter, Dorothy, Angela, and Samaya. Thank you for believing in me when I shared the idea of writing my first novel. You supported my dream from the beginning. I love you all with my entire heart. Special thanks to my brother and his wife, Braxton and Doreen, for supporting me through this two-year journey I would also like to thank my cousin, Taisha, hashtag Ty Boogie, my favorite travel agent from TB Booked It, for, for the encouraging words and unconditional support. Special, special thanks to my goddaughter. If you are a listener to the podcast, the voice of her name is Shanice, and she's the one, the one and only LaBrea, my number one fan. I love you, girly. Thanks to my father, Melvin, for the love and support, and to Jamil from Gully TV for being a mentor to me in this journey and always being there for any questions I had as a new author. Thank you to all my family and friends for the support. Most importantly, I would like to give thanks and praises to God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens in me. Philippians 4.13. <clears throat> Tales of the Park Hill Crew, Flashes of the Past. On February 7th, 2007, around 10.30 p.m., 22-year-old Shaquem rose through his old neighborhood, reminiscing on his childhood of the north side of Detroit, Michigan. <clears throat> In his new black and chrome custom-made old-school Chevy, he remembers all the pain and loss and the promises he made to Damien and Carmen about being rich and never letting anything come between them. He rose through the old neighborhood, faded off Coke and heavy off liquor and pulls up at the park. Flashes of riding his moped with Carmen on the back, the corner where he and Damien spent most of their nights out, out there getting money and the dice games that got out of control filled his mind. Speeding up, he heads to Carmen's new gated community where she had just purchased her first home. 
knowing it's against his better judgment to go over there due to the last time. They had gotten into a heated argument in the studio. He pulls up in front of her house. Carmen sits on the couch reading a book to her daughter. The doorbell rings and she looks out the peephole, sighing as she opens the door. Look, I know you ain't fucking with me, but can we please talk, says Shaquem. You know you're the only person I can talk to and let it all out. She is still furious with him, but can tell he needs her to listen. She can tell he's been drinking heavy and in some pain. She steps onto the porch. He apologizes to her for going off on her a couple of nights before at the studio. She has a hurt look on her face, but still listens. He tells her he just left their old neighborhood. I feel like I'm going to end up like Pops, I swear, says Shaquem. I think back and think it should have been me rather than Toy. I fuck up everything I touch. I feel like it's been darkness my whole fucking life. Shit fucked up. Shaquem lets out a laugh, seemingly trying not to hold back the tears. Carmen, I fucked up a lot with you being my girl and my best friend. I'm sorry. I shouldn't even be here bothering you. She stares at him without saying a word. I'm out, man, Shaquem says as he stares to walk away. Where are you going, Carmen says. You don't need to be driving like this. Shaquem turns to her and gives a little grin. I'm good, Mocha, he says in a somber tone. Carmen watches him with a concerned look as he continues towards his car. He pauses and turns. You want to take a ride with me, he asks. Oh, I don't know, Shaquem. China in there. My mom here visiting. I guess I could go for a little ride, but not too long, though. Thanks, Mocha, he says. Let me get my jacket. They pull off and end up pulling into an empty parking lot in the back of their old middle school. Carmen, you was my first, my down-ass chick. We've been through it all. I put you through a lot of shit. I done did so much fucked up shit. Period, man. He sighs. Wipes tears streaming down his face and twitches his nose. I can't stop my mind from playing tricks on me, but you the only one I know gonna keep it real with me. As they sit in the car and talk, Beanie Siegel's song, Fill It In The Air, plays on repeat from the CD player. You cannot let your past run your life, says Carmen. You have to try to be thankful for what you for your second chance at what God has blessed you with. Look at what you came through and where you at now. You got a baby on the way. She needs you. He pulls out his nine millimeter handgun from under the seat and sets it on his lap. Shakim, let's get out of here and head back, says Carmen. I have a studio session in the morning. 
Shaquem holds his head down. He refuses to make eye contact with her. When is the last time you talked to Asad? She asks. Shaquem puts the gun up to his face. There doesn't seem to be anything going on around him. Nobody knows my soul. My shit tortured. Carmen ha- <clears throat> Carmen's heart drops. Suddenly, she's flushed with nervousness. Shaquem, give me the gun. You're scaring me. On the other side of the parking lot, four teenagers sit in a car, hiding out and smoking. Notices Shaquem's car. Damn, that shit dope, the boy on the, other, on the driver's side says. Hell yeah, I want one just like that one day, another boy says. As the group of teenagers admire the car, all they hear is the Jones, <clears throat> 1994. On a sunny day in Detroit, on the north side, where pretty much everyone knows everyone, people sit on the porch and little kids run wild outside. Shaquem and his cousin Damien and his two friends, Lucky and Kato, play basketball in front of Shaquem's house. His mom sits on, front, on the front porch with Brenda, Damien's mother. Latoya, Shaquem's older sister, double dutches with her friends on the sidewalk. Carl creeps up in the driveway in his red Cadillac, bumping Isley Brothers between the sheets. Y'all kids better not hit my damn car, he screams as the, at the boys as he pulls into the driveway. Carl and his oldest son, Asai, get out the car. Asai walks over to his little brother, Shaquem. Y'all, y'all little niggas don't want to get whooped, he teases. Shaquem looks at him smiling. He idolizes his big brother and tries to imitate everything he does. Yeah, we do. Asai, come play. Shaquem says to his brother, I'll shoot some hoops with you later, Shaq. I'm about to go around the corner over Trey's house. Terry, Shaquem's mother, tells Brenda, Girl, let me get my ass in this house and fix these kids something to eat. Girl, what you cooking? Something quick. I'm about to fry this chicken and do some smothered potatoes. I got a braid Latoya hair tonight, too. We going to Sears tomorrow to take some pictures. Okay, girl, I got to make it to this post office so I can mail the slim this letter, Brenda says. Yeah, I need to visit him next month. That damn Damien looks more like his daddy by the day, says Terry. Child acts like him too, Brenda says. They both laugh. Later, Shaquem walks in the house. Mom, I'm hungry. He walks in with sweat all over his face and clothes with an odor that smells like outside. Ugh. You stink, Latoya yells. Shut up, Toy, he yells back. They both push each other back and forth. Terry's look, Terry looks at them flustered. Don't y'all start that foolishness. Boy, go clean yourself up so you can eat. Carl sits at the kitchen table looking frustrated as he gathers his stacks of paper from his numbers together and calculates what he has to pay out being a number man. Terry, I gotta go make a run. The side walks in the house. My mom home, he screams as he runs to the back. <clears throat> the phone rings. Terry picks it up. On the other end is Brenda. Hey, girl, can Damien come stay tonight? 
I got to step out for a while. Terry rolls her eyes, already knowing Brenda is up to her old tricks. Yeah, girl, tell him to walk down. They live just a house down from each other. Later that night, Terry sits on, the, on her couch braiding Latoya's hair. The boys, aside Shaquem and Damien, play Sega Genesis in the back room. Carl walks in the house with his usual bottle of Crown Royal in Old English. 800. Toy, please go tell them both to cut that noise down, please, Terry says. Yes, mama, she says. Latoya runs to the back to a side in Shaquem's room. Mama said keep that noise down. Her and Shaquem start arguing. They're two years apart and fight like cats and dogs. Aside is the oldest out of them. Y'all stop. Shaquem, leave Toy alone. Latoya is the only girl. So even though Shaquem is the baby of the family, Toy is the little princess of the house and can do no wrong. The next day is picture day for the Jones house. Aunt Terry, my mom still is not home. And I don't have no way in the house, Damien tells her. It's okay, Damien. You can go over your granny house. And we if she not back before the time we leave. It's boring over there, he says in a whining tone. She starts to laugh. Boy, you will be okay if your mama's still gone when I get back. I will pick you up from mama house. <clears throat> the doorbell rings. Somebody get the door, Terry screams. Latoya calls back. <clears throat> mama, it's Aunt Brenda. Look, at you. look, it's your mama now, says Terry. You ain't even got to go over your granny house now. Brenda walks in looking like last, last night's leftovers. Terry just looks at her. Brenda names about 10 excuses for the reason she is late picking Damien up. Terry just glosses over all her excuses. It's okay, girl. You know this is second home. Damien has a disappointed look on his face because he doesn't want to go home with her. Later that evening, the Joneses pull up at home, returning from their day out, taking family pictures and shopping at the mall. As soon as the car is parked, Aside says, Mama, can I go over Trey House? Boy, you just got home. Only for an hour. You think you live outside. Just an hour, and I mean just that. Thanks, Mama. He jumps out and runs out around the corner. Shaquem, you want to play the game? Asked Latoya. Yeah, I'm going to whoop you, he says. The kids run into the house. Terry goes into the kitchen to start preparing dinner. Carl walks in behind her. I'm going to walk to the store real quick and put these numbers in and get a drink. Okay, Terry says. Latoya runs in the kitchen. Daddy, can I go? No, Terry says. Please, I want some candy. I said no. Your daddy can bring y'all some candy back. Terry, stop. Yeah, baby girl, you can go. Go get your brother. Latoya runs to the back to get Shaquem. They don't need to be going around it to that damn store, says Terry. You know it's always some mess around there. Terry, they will be okay. They will be with their daddy, he says, kissing her on the cheek. The kids run up and give their mom a hug and walk out the house with their daddy. The three start walking up the street, 
it's a nice day outside and everybody is out there as usual, in their yards, sitting on the porch and washing their cars. As they're walking up to the corner store, Carl keeps stopping to talk to everyone. All of the people in the neighborhood know him as he's the number man, but also a gambling drunk at the same time. Carl gets his usual bottle of Crown Royal, puts his numbers in, and get the kids some candy. As they walk back out, Carl runs into his old partner, Man Man, who owes him some money. They start talking business, going on and on, and the kids get anxious. Daddy, can we go across the street to the park? Says Latoya. Carl looks over there and sees the group of teenage boys playing basketball. Going back and forth with Man Man, he blurts out yes. Shaquem and Latoya run across the street. <clears throat> racing to see who can make it to the swings first. Carl stands there still arguing with Man Man and not even paying attention. A car almost hits them. <clears throat> as they run across the street. The man's car squeals to a halt. The kids stop to apologize to Mr. Brown, the older man who lives up the street, was in the car. Are you guys okay? He asks. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Brown, Latoya says. It's okay. Just be careful crossing the street. Did you all walk over here by yourselves? No, my daddy is right there, Latoya says, pointing at Carl, who is still at the store arguing with Man Man. Mr. Brown looks over and rolls his eyes and drives off as they make it to the swings, competing over who can go up the highest, enjoying themselves. They're always in some type of competition with each other. At the basketball court across the street, the teenage gangbanger boys get into a heated argument over some money they put on the game. Bone, the neighborhood hothead, who pretty much runs the whole scene over there near the park, goes over to his bag, laying on the grass, and starts shooting. The rest of the boys take off running. One of the boys, Terrell, who Bone was aiming at, runs towards the swings and get hit in the leg with another bullet, and it hits Latoya in her chest. The frail 10-year-old falls off the swing onto the ground. Shaquem freezes. Just staring as she falls to the ground. Carl, hearing the shots, look over for his kids and runs towards them. He stumbles, dropping his bag and shattering the Crown Royal bottle as he races over to them. He kneels over to Latoya, screaming over her bloody body. Shaquem, frozen, sits on the swing in shock. By the time the ambulance arrives on the scene, Latoya is already dead. <coughs> Terry drives to the park hysterical, seeing her baby lying on the ground. She steams hysterically, 
no, no, please, God, no, not my baby. Carl tries to get control of her before she goes crazy. Aside and his best friend, Trey, run to the park once news spread to them. Asai sees Shaquem still looking in space. He walks up to him and hugs him tightly. It's going to be okay, little bro. It's going to be okay. I got us. That nigga going to pay. As the police come around the corner as well, wrapping up the crime scene, some of Terry and Carl's family come to the park trying to console them. Come on, Terry. Let's get you home. Brenda says, hugging her while walking her to her car. The next few days go by, <clears throat> and the day of the funeral approaches. Terry lies in Latoya's twin bed with her hands trembling, and <clears throat> her face is so stiff from the last days of nonstop crying. Carl sits on the couch with a Newport in one hand and a bottle of Crown in the other. Shaquem, in the back room, lies in his bed, looking straight up at the ceiling. Asai sits, sits in a broken down car in the backyard, leaning all the way back with his hat over his face, fighting back tears. Someone knocks on the front door. Carl sits right there, not even budging, while smoking a cigarette, one after another. Ashes fall on his pants, the phone rings, and someone is still at the door. Terry, being weak and fragile, who has not eaten in days, eases out of the bed and goes to the door. Terry's mom, Miss Jackson, arrives to help her get prepared for the service. She walks in and looks at Carl, then to the back to help Terry and get dressed for the funeral. The side walks in the house and trips over one of Latoya's Barbie dolls causing him to break out in tears. She always played with that same dial every day. He rushes to wipe his eyes before he walks into his bedroom, trying to maintain that hero Shaquem sees in him. He helps Shaquem with his tie. The family gets ready to head to church to say their final goodbyes. The church is filled with family, friends, people from their neighborhood, and even some of the teachers from Latoya School. Many of them walking up to shock him and hug him tightly. He doesn't say a word. One of Terry's cousins sings Amazing Grace. As she sings, Terry screams out in pain. Carl just sits, to, sits, <clears throat> sits next to her, staring into space with the smell of liquor all over his breath because he couldn't console her. Other family members came over instead. She is so distraught that she nearly passes out. Carl sits with the side, Shaquem, Damien, Damien's mother, and their granny. Damien has not had much in the uh, <clears throat> Damien has has not said much in the last few days. Latoya was like a sister to him as well. They were first cousins, and he spent most of his time at their house. It's a very sad day as they lay their baby girl and the princess of the house to rest. Several weeks pass by and nothing is remotely the same in the Jones house. Terry lies in her late daughter bed all day. Carl sits in one spot on the couch all day, 
drinking heavily and barely eating. Asad stays at Trey's house from sunrise to sundown, leaving little Shaquem in his room by himself, neglected with emotional trauma and not coping with any of this. Damien stops by daily to get him to go outside or even to play the game, but Shaquem only wants to stay in his room. One day, Terry is in the kitchen cleaning while Carl sits at the table with a cigarette in one hand and a drink in the other, as usual. His daughter's obituary sits on the table next to his pistol. Terry wipes the counter aggressively in the same spot, agitated with Carl. Can you please put the gun away? She asks calmly. Carl doesn't respond. Put the damn gun away, Carl, she yells. What kind of fucking example are you for your sons? You sit here all day looking at the fucking gun, drinking your life away. It's already bad enough you got my got my daughter fucking killed, she blurts out in an abundant rage with what she said out of anger. Carl calmly gets up and walks over to her with pain and rage in his eyes. Terry starts to tremble. He reaches over her grabs the dish rack full of dishes she had just cleaned and throws them, leaving them scattered all over the kitchen floor. He grabs the car keys and peels out of the driveway. Shaquem stands in the hallway witnessing it all. Later that night, Asad and Shaquem are in their room, laying down while Terry is in Latoya's room as usual lying in the dark. They hear the door open and close. Knowing it's Carl, and he's probably drunk, no one gets up. Carl sits on the couch. He lights up a cigarette and pours a shot in his glass. He pulls his daughter's obituary out of his pocket, neatly unfolding it. It stares at it for about 10 minutes without blinking. Everyone is lying in the back room. They hear a loud <laughs> boom. They all jump up instantly and run in the living room. Carl's head is slumped back on the couch, blood gushing from his head. Terry screams with horror. Shaquem freezes. Traumatized by the sight, how much can this eight-year-old endure? Asad freezes, but manages to reach for the cordless phone with his hands trembling to dial 911, leaving the Jones family never the same. That was the first chapter, pages one through 12. 1998, Terry Jones has suffered from multiple mental breakdowns. She drinks daily and runs her body down by taking pills to drift away from the pain and hanging more and more with Brenda, adapting to her drug lifestyle while neglecting her children. That once beautiful, hardworking and nurturing mother and wife 
she was she once was is now unrecognizable the woman who she once was would never let her children go without a home cooked meal that woman who held a job for years can barely hold a job and that same woman who never took one drink has now adopted all of her husband's bad habits she now does everything she despised him for her house which was one of the best kept houses on the street has become the opposite aside is now 16 years old and is more in the streets than ever but that doesn't keep him from trying his best he knows it's possible he knows it's possible to be the male role model for 13 year old Shaquem. Now, he's now a 16 year old drug dealer with a chip on his shoulder who's embarrassed by how his mother is becoming and has daily reminders of the past turning him <clears throat> angry with what life has dealt him with. To make matters worse, by 1998, there's fewer jobs in Detroit. Most jobs have been outsourced overseas, bringing more people out of work, more crime in the neighborhood, which has created more crack dealers, more abandoned houses, and much more. Assad was gaining more momentum of being a small-time crack dealer, stick-up kid, and leader of his crew. One day, Shaquem and Damien are walking from the store. Hey, do you want to walk over to the Elm Ave to highlight Assad? Shaquem asked Damien. Yeah, let's go, he says. They head over to a size hangout spot. They set up over Trey's house. What's up, big bro? Shaquem says to him. The side turns around, looking surprised to see his little brother over there. Oh, shit. What up, little homie? What you doing over here? He says while standing in front of a car with two girls sitting in it and all of his homies crowding around the car. Nothing. We was just coming to say what's up, Shaquem says. Look at these two little niggas trying to come see what the players is doing. Shouldn't y'all be at home watching Barney or something? Trey says, joking. Chill out, man. My little bro can come see me whenever he wants, Sai tells him. I'm just fucking around, says Trey. You need some money to get something to eat? The side asks Shaquem. No, I'm good. We walked over Granny House earlier and ate. Okay, cool. As long as I know you ate something today, says the side. Y'all ready to get out in these streets? Get to this money? Trey asked Shaquem and Damien laughing. Nigga, chill. This shit ain't for them. I'm gonna make sure my little dude stay focused and on his dribble, Asai tells Trey. They start laughing. All right, Asai, we out. I will see you when you get home, says Shaquem. <clears throat> All right, bro. Catch you later. You too, little D, Asai says to Damien. Okay, cuz, Damien replies, intrigued by the older boy's lifestyle and looking up to them. They walk off and go to the abandoned school unit and throw rocks at the window, breaking them even more. Man, they over there getting money. I'm about to get my money up too. I swear, I'm getting up out the hood when I get older, Damien tells his cousin. Shaquem stands there, continuing to throw rocks at the window with his usual blank stare in space. After what happened with his family, nothing really interests him. Let's go over to Lucky's house and see what he's doing, says Damien. Okay, bet. 
They walk around the corner of Lucky's house. Hanging in the driveway is Shaquem, Damien, Kato, and their friend Lucky. <clears throat> Jonesing on each other. Hey, look, who is that girl next door? Asked Shaquem. The boys turn to see a dark-skinned girl with her hair braided up and wearing a sweatsuit going back and forth outside to grab boxes. I think my sister said her name was Carmen. Her and her mom just moved next door, says Lucky. Shaquem stares at Carmen. She looks back at him, but hurries in the house. And later that night at Shaquem's house, Asad walks into his room with some food. He catches Shaquem going through his things and staring at Asad's pistol. What the fuck you doing, he says. I was just looking at it, Shaquem says. What you mean you was just looking at it? what I tell you about being in my room? I was just, I was just, Shaquem stutters. Boy, come eat. I got you some food. They sit at the table and eat together. Shaquem throws down as if he hasn't eaten all day. Look, Lanier, sorry about yelling at you like that. But this street shit ain't for you. You're going to be something. We're going to get your dribble all the way right. Shaquem stops eating and looks aside in the eye. Do you think mama okay? I haven't seen her all day. Aside stares at the wall. He doesn't answer the question at first. Look, we all we got. I'm going to take care of us. I swear, little bro. Shaquem nods at him, uneasy and worried about his mother. Asai can tell he is nervous. You want to work on your game tomorrow, little man? Yeah, Shaquem answers with a big smile on his face. Okay, bet. After school, me and you. The next day, the boys are at their usual hangout spot in the neighborhood, the old school unit, throwing rocks and vandalizing the building even more. Carmen walks by. Shaquem stares at her for a moment and then yells, Hey! What up? She looks over, but continues to walk. Yo, what up, girl? He yells again. She turns around and smiles. He walks a little closer. What is your name? He asks her. She looks surprised and softly says, Carmen. So you just moved over here, huh? Asks Damien. Yes, she replies. Where you go to school at, Damien asks her. I'm going to be going to Northwestern this year, she says. Oh, you are? That's where we go too, Shaquem tells her. Yes, I start tomorrow. What's your name, she asks Shaquem. I'm Tony, he says. Him and Damien start laughing. Well, I am happy I know some people who are going to be going there now. Yeah. So how are you going to be getting to school? You catching a bus? Yeah. I'll be catching a bus, but not tomorrow. My mom is going to take me on my first day. Okay, okay. That's what's up, says Damien. Well, I got to go. I guess I'll see y'all tomorrow at school. Later that evening, Shaquem and Lucky walk out of Lucky's house from playing the game. Shaquem looks next door and sees Carmen and Monica, Lucky's twin sister, sitting on the porch. Hi, Tony, Carmen says with a big smile on her face. The boys look at each other and laugh. Monica looks at her confused. Girl, who is Tony? The boy with your brother. His name ain't Tony? 
Monica rolls her eyes and chuckles. Girl, that's Sha Kim, my twin best friend. He played too much. Miss Linda, Karma's mom, comes to the door. Don't you think you should make your way in this house, young lady? Yes, ma'am, Karma says. It's a school night, Miss Linda tells her. I guess I'll see you tomorrow, Monica. Okay, I hope we on the same team, says Monica. Me too. You're the only person I know. All right, girl, I will see you tomorrow. The next day after school, Carmen stands by the line of buses, looking for the right bus to catch home. Shaquem walks by. Hey, are you looking for are you looking for the right bus to catch? He asks her. Yes, I'm supposed to catch 61. It's down here. I ride it too. Come on, you can sit by me. She looks at him and smiles and says, Okay, Tony. They both laugh. I was just joking. You know that's right. You know that, right? He says with a big smile on his face. Yeah, okay, she says, laughing. They get on the packed bus, and there's not a seat available where they can sit together, so they sit across from each other. So, where is Damien? Car um, asks Carmen. Shaquem looks shocked that she asked, that, asked him that question. He ain't come to school today, he says in a sarcastic tone. He gets quiet and doesn't say anything for the rest of the ride. Carmen notices his attitude change as the bus approaches their next stop. Shaquem abruptly gets up and gets off. Carmen catches up to him. Shaquem, did I make you mad at me or something? No. But do you like Damien or something? She looks shocked and taken by surprise by his question. No. Is that what you thought? She says, chuckling. It's just a question. I just asked where he was at because y'all are always together. Oh, my bad. You want me to walk you home? She says yes eagerly, and they walk quietly as two shy 13-year-olds with their eye on each other. He asks her if he can have her phone number. She writes it down on some paper from her notebook and gives it to him. The two make it to her house. Well... I guess I will see you tomorrow at school, she says to him. Three older boys walk by. Look at little Shaquem getting his Mac on. Shaquem smirks, lowering his head. Can I call you later? She smiles and says, yes, walking into her house. Later that night, after Shaquem gets back home from hooping with his brother, Damien comes over and hears how Shaquem got Carmen numbered and tries to get him to call her, but he's too nervous. He's never called a girl before. He picks up the phone and dials her number. Miss Linda picks up. Hello, she answers. Shaquem stutters and nervously asks for her. Who is this? She asks sternly. Shaquem, he answers. I'm on the phone. Call her back in 30 minutes. Okay, thank you, he says quickly. They hang up and he gets too scared to call her back that night. All right, y'all. That was page 20, and that's where we'll be stopping at tonight. When we pick back up, we will start on page 21, where it is titled Forming the Bond. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I was a little nervous reading it if my voice was a little cracky, so please forgive me as this is our first time doing this, but I really, really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys have the book, 
you can wait for me or you can continue on and come back if you have any questions about any characters or anything please feel free to message me or anything like that but that was page one through 20 and when we pick back up we will pick back up on 21 forming the bond Getting crazy. I keep on looking in my rear view like they trailing me. I keep on having crazy thoughts. I'm drinking heavy lean. Mind moving faster than my actions. I need steady speed. Practice what you preach. I'm still evolving. It's me checking me. Hey, solid all these years. I feel like I owe you some. Technically, I'm still paranoid. I'm riding around with heavy weaponry. Strap the ARP across my chest. This bitch invested me. Trying to find a time to give a fuck is a test to me. Tried to tell myself to say fuck it, but I can't let it go. Went through trials and tribulations. Just like you, I just don't let it show. You love me. You ain't gotta say a word. Actions let me know. I love you. You ain't gotta think twice. Can call on me for sure. Court dates and hearses got me sick. I need medication. Light a wood and burn that old boost. That's my meditation. Plans with no action is just a dream. Quit procrastinating. Yeah. Me props while I'm grinding. When I win, don't say congratulations. Oh. I owe myself all the shit that I don't lost. Every day ain't sunny. It's ups and downs. You gotta push through. Why the fuck I feel I'm close to falling off? You ain't never gonna fall off. That's the devil talking. Nigga, keep grinding. I take this crystal trying to kill these crazy thoughts. I'm riding solo. Fuck the world. Everybody vibing off. Everybody claim they solid. White lies keep getting tossed. Fuck with them. Can't fuck with me. It's certain lines you can't cross. Help you enjoy the show with your girl, Shanice.